the scripture for today and uh, I'm going to talk about uh, from the book, uh, from, fr uh, from this one portion from First Kings actually. Um, and, and, and it's the story of Elijah, the story of Elijah. But before I jump into, uh, you know, the sermon here, I want to tell that today I want to title my sermon as Man of God, Man of God. We have, we have heard this statement. We have heard this, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I was invited to preach at a conference in London. And while I was there, this pastor invited me on stage and he gave a big, uh, uh, you know, uh, a description of who I was, where I was coming from and all that. And he said, oh, here comes Pastor Jossie. He's a great man of God. I'm like, oh, great man of God. Um, just call me man of God, you know, just call me man of great God. That's fine, right? But here in the portion, we come across and we see somebody who's very ordinary in the Bible, but God decided to pick him up so that he might challenge the kings who ruled before him and also the king who is ruling right now. Are you with me? So Elijah's backdrop, if I just can give you that a story here, it talks to us about, you know, Elijah lives his life along the time frame when 19 consecutive kings have destroyed all of Israel and Judah. Are you with me? 19 consecutive kings. It's not that, you know, they had 19 kings who came in different time frame to destroy all of God's work. No, 19 consecutive kings, rulers who destroyed all of what Israel is to God. Are you with me, church? And God decided to raise one man. That's the beauty of God. He did not decide to bring the whole army down. He did not decide to bring all his angelic, you know, uh, beings down to destroy all of these people, you know, against the kingdom. He, he said, you know what? I just need one man who is obedient to my call. I just need one man who will stand to the call and declare boldly what I'm asking him to do. Are you with me, church? And that is why I'm here to declare the good news today. You might be that one man or woman who is here and God will and God can use you if you are obedient. Praise the Lord. And here in the story, when we come across in James chapter 5, verse 17, I want to take your attention to the New Testament for the Old Testament character. James chapter 5, verse 17 says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth what a beautiful scripture here in the new testament james is writing to the 12 tribes of israel who are scattered all around and he's telling them the power of a righteous man standing in the gap and praying the power of a righteous man interceding for the people God has appointed him to. Are you with me, church? The power of prayer by a common man. It changes everything. And James is exhorting. He is, is helping the believers, the scattered the, uh, 12 tribes of Israel. He's helping them understand, hey, you know what? If there is one thing I want you to be known for is that you are a church that prays. This is one thing that I want you to be known for is that you are a man, you are a family that prays. Can I tell you something? In today's day and age, I don't want to be known as a pastor that has a lot of strategy. I don't want to be known as a pastor that has a great team. I want to be known as a pastor that prays. And can I tell you, if there are some families that will rise up together, some individuals that can rise up together, you will change this world upside down because you are a man, a woman of prayer. You are a family that prays. You are a church that praise praise the lord 
Hallelujah, the power of prayer can change an ordinary man. He was called as a man of God. Why? Because he was a man of prayer. He was called a man of God because of his background. He was a man of prayer. I'm just talking to my church here. If there's one thing I want my church to be known for, is the Lord make my church a church that a machine prayer. That no matter what obstacles come, no matter what, what struggle we go through, but we will never deter, we will never back foot. We're always saying, challenge, come to me. We will pray. In the past, I love when uh, I put up stories or uh, uh, on social media asking, hey, if you have any prayer need, uh, let us know. Our prayer team will be praying. And, 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 you know, whenever I do that, in Wednesday night, we have a powerful time of prayer here. Just focus on prayer. We go through a lot of needs and we just pray on that. It's a prayer night and I believe that the Wednesday night, uh, uh, the prayer meeting that we have is the engine that drives our weekend services at church. Thursday night, we have a Tamil service. Friday, and our youth services. Saturday, you know, Malayalam and Sunday are service. You know, I, I pray that, you know, that what happens on Wednesday night will propel what happens on the weekend. Can I tell you something? I need some families to gather together to declare, you know what? If there is one thing that my family is known for, it is that we go back to God. When life becomes hard, I will not stand, but I will just go on my knees to declare with God, all things are possible. That's the story of Elijah, a common man. But he decided one day, you know what? I'm going to face the challenge. I'm going to face that king. I'm going to face that government. I'm going to face that norm, the cultural norm. You know, in, in a school situation, God will use maybe just one person. You will stand strong, headstrong for sexual purity within your classroom. Why? Because he doesn't want to bring a whole army there. He might be just one person. You stand for what is right. God honors that. Maybe you're a businessman. Work and do your business with integrity. And people will follow what you are doing. Can I tell you, nobody else might see. But God sees it and God will honor it. Whatever you do it for God, he will honor. I'm here preaching better than you praise today. What you do for God, no man around you will appreciate. But when God sees it, he says, baby, I applaud you. The entourage of heaven applauds the work that you are doing. Your commitment, your convictions, we shall you. That's the story of Elijah. One man decided to go against, go against the army, go against the evil king. One man. And I love how James portrays this Elijah. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. Oh, when my son was born, I used to tell Anisha, he looks exactly like me. Oh boy, but he changed. Like three years, he now looks like Anisha. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe my daughter, Ariana. Now she's in a phase where she, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just telling out to everybody. She looks like me, okay? Do I have a support here? <laughs> and, and, and she has the personality that I have. In many ways that I have noticed, just, she's just going to be one year next month. But in a lot of ways, she's just showing some personality. And, and I love it. That she, I can say that, you know what? My daughter, she is just like me. My son is, how many parents are proud that your children are just like you? Some parents are not even raising their hands. Ah, oh, no, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but look at the scripture here. Now, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. Or can I ask you, 
what is, what is our nature? In a lot of ways, you know, we could say we are sinful men. We are sinful people. And when we see challenges, we just want to dry and run out. We have suicidal thoughts that come to our mind. We go in a season of depression. And that is all the nature in Elijah, a common man. And sometimes when we preach about these characters, we talk about the good things, the big things, the, the things that we can celebrate about them. And we say, you know what? Great. God's great servant. We celebrate about that, which is good. But look into Elijah's life story. When you look through 1 Kings 18 and 19, you see portions where God had to break him and mold him and teach him. And in those given situations, he just wanted to run away and quit what he was doing. He just wanted to run away. And can I tell you, as a pastor, I resonate with the life story of Elijah. There are times when I just wanted to quit. There are times I'm like, God, working with people is messy. I can't deal with these people. That's the story of Elijah. He just wanted to quit. He wanted to quit and run away. And I know a lot of us who are working in corporate world or a hospital, wherever God has taken you. Working with people is never easy. It's going to be messy and hard. And there are a lot of times that you have thought that I'm going to quit. I can't do it. I can't. I don't have the abilities. But look, look into Elijah. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. But when he prayed, oh baby, things happened. When he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on earth. I love it. When you make bold prayers, God responds back. I want to take your attention towards 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1. That is where the whole of the scripture and his story lies. 1 Kings chapter 17 1. The story starts with now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. I just want to, you know, stop at that one verse for today and we're going to pray after that. And I sense a mighty anointing in this building. God is going to touch your life. I believe that. He's going to strengthen you today. But listen, the whole of sto the Elijah's story starts in the Old Testament with where he's coming from. There's nothing that Bible talks to us about his, his lineage, his, his, his parents, nothing. We don't see any more uh, instructions or teachings on that. There's only one thing that we know. It is that Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor drain in the next few years, except at my, at my word. Listen, the first point that I want to share here is, one man with God is a majority. Let that thought just sink in. One man with God is a majority. How many times we have walked into places and we're like, I don't have the ability, I don't have the strength, I can't talk, I, I, can't. But can I tell you, you plus God is still the majority. It doesn't matter how many people come against you. If you are with God, oh, that's the story of David. That's the story of Daniel. That's the story of all the Old Testament patriarchs. If you are with God, no matter how many people, how many nations, 
whatever come against you, you will withstand. And not just that, you will devour them to be a victorious person living, testifying God's name. Hallelujah. That's the story of Elijah. But the story starts here with now Elijah comes from Gilead. Come from Gilead. And straight up, I love when, you know, um, you know, they get straight to the point. Like no beating around the bush. Let's get to it. Like it's, it's, it's the action power packed Hollywood film ever that we look into Elijah's story here. And we see it is get to the point, man. I don't have time to beat around the bush. Let's get to the point. The next scene that opens up here is Elijah steps into Ahab's chamber and looks into Ahab eye to eye and tells him as the Lord, the God of Israel lives as the Lord, the God of Israel lives. Number one, whom I serve. So today I'm going to ask my church, who are you serving? Your boldness, your courage comes from who you are serving. What are you serving? Everybody serves something. There is something that is an idol in all of our lives. And for Elijah, his boldness, his courage, his determination to face the king and challenge him came from his standing in God. He knew who he was serving. Oh, I pray that I will gather a bunch of people in this building who says, you know what? No matter what goes wrong, but I will serve God. I will serve God. Many years ago, and I still see this, that anything that I have received in my life is a blessing from God. It's not my merits. Nothing because of my parents could give it to me but it's all the grace of God. I remember I was just uh, uh, around 15 or 16 years of age, grew up in Bangalore and in the outskirts of our, uh, our city, we did a conference, we did a convention, uh, in the out just an outreach convention we did. And I, I you know, I, I was the one heading the whole team, just 16 years of age um, and heading the whole team. And so my worship team and everybody were there and we had everything planned out. But then the phone call came that, hey, a lot of people, uh, 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 Hindutva activists have come and barged into, they broke all our vans and equipments and hit a lot of our people. And I ran there at that moment. And I said, my dad, dad, you don't have to come now. Let me go. Let me look into the situation. I want to be the hero of the situation, right? So I just want to, I just landed there. And as I get there, 200 men surrounded me. They took the knife on my neck and they said, we're leaving you alive only because you are a kid. He looked into me and he said, and just think about that. Every kid at 15, 16 years of age, you want to be a grown-up. But once you are in the age of 30s, you want to still look younger. That's how life plays out with us, right? But when you're 15 and 16, you want to grow your beard and you want to look big and all that. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'm stronger than you think, you know? But um, I, I, I ended up in this village and oh, 200 people just gather around me and they, this one guy had, a sword around my neck and like, I'm going to kill you now. You got to pack up and leave. You got to pack up and leave. Can I tell you? Those guys slapped and hit some of my people and we left that place. But just in the outskirts of the city, I told my, my cousin was with me. He's older. My cousin was just, he just came from Kerala to Bangalore. So he's experiencing his Bangalore city life from Kerala. And he is learning the ways of life. And I, he's, he's still a non-Christian. So he's with me. I'm teaching him everything. And I take him to this place. And I tell him, you know, uh, Chacha, just can, can we just, his older brother, Chacha, can we just stop? And, and, and in the outskirts of the city, I just knelt down and I pray. 
And I said, God, you're the God of Elijah. You're the God of all the forefathers we see in our Bible. And I know you can do it. In Jesus' name, I said, we will plant a church right here where this incident happened. Can I tell you, within a year's time, there was a government offer to one of our brothers to move. The government provided that he go into the same village, right? And a Muslim family came and told us, hey, you know what? Our mosque, right next to our mosque, there is an empty house. If you all want to do your small groups, you can do it there. God will use people that you think will never... Come on, somebody, I, I, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I know there are people here, you've been wanting to do something in your life and through you, God wants to do it. Only if you could say, God, use me once again. God, use me. One prayer of your life can change everything about you, brother. One prayer of your life will change everything that God can do through you. Can I tell you, we planted our first outreach church uh, in that village. I still remember. Whenever I get to minister to that small group, I feel, it fills me with joy because with, I had to go through pain. My team had to go through pain. They were hit, ridiculed. Some of them were beaten. A lot of my, our equipments were lost. They, they, they destroyed our van and all of that happened. But can I tell you, out of that pain, God brought something out. In the last so many years, hundreds of people from that small village has accepted the Lord as their personal savior. Brother, sister, I don't know. There's only one prayer that I have. Lord, use me once again. Lord, use me for your kingdom that I say this church will, be, will become a, a, a baptism machine. The people will accept the Lord as their personal savior. How will it happen, pastor? It happens when we decide to pray. God, use me. For your kingdom. That's the story of Elijah. His boldness came from understanding who he is serving. Let's look into that portion here. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab. Elijah, the name Elijah here, just for everybody's understanding. The name Elijah uh, uh, comes from three root Hebrew words. In, uh, and, and it comes from, and it means, simple meaning is that Yahweh is my God. Elijah. Yahweh is my God. Just look into his name. That name itself stands as a testament against every odd. That no matter where he is, his name is Elijah. And if there is anything that I can boast about, it is that my God is my personal. It's, it's not my forefathers. It's not my opportunities and amachis. It's not my dad and moms. It's my it's my God. He is my God. And I wonder how many people in this building would say, you know what? I am not a Christian because my dad was, my mom was, my, my, my friend is. No, I am one because I decided to follow Jesus as my personal Savior. Praise God. If there is anybody listening to me today, Listen to me. If there is anybody and no distractions here, you might have accepted the Lord because of a peer pressure. You might have accepted the Lord because of your parents. But today I'm asking if there is anybody here who wants to re-surrender your life to Jesus, now is the moment. Accept Him as your Savior. And you have no idea, my friend, how beautiful your life can be when Jesus is on your side. Oh, hallelujah. I'm fired up today. And I love this portion. He says, you know, my God. 
Yahweh is my God. It's my testimony. It's my personal testimony. He is my God. Hallelujah. I've seen so many people from different faith backgrounds who have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But when they come, you know what? I love new Christians. Working with new Christians, like people who have accepted the Lord brand new, is so crazy. It's, I love it. If 9 a.m. is the service, they'll show up at 8.30. And they'll be in that spirit prayer mode. You know, like, Pastor, I know the service starts at 9 o'clock, but we are here at 8.30 because we want to pray. Oh, I love those people. I love those people. Praise the Lord. I was hearing a testimony from another pastor friend recently, and he said he has a lot of new believers in his church. And one of the gatherings, when he was walking into a service, a new believer walked up to him, and he said, you know what, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I'm like, yeah, sure. Any pastor will love it when they, you ask the pastor to pray for him. He said, I will pray for you. What do you want? And he said, Pastor, can you pray for my shadow? I'm like, ooh, you're a weird guy. I need to pray for your shadow? Why? What's wrong? And he said, well, I was reading through Acts. I'm a new Christian. I'm reading through Acts. And I see when the disciples were walking, their shadow fell on some people. And they were healed. If that can happen in the New Testament with the New Testament believers, the disciples, oh, I believe it can happen to me as well. He is a new believer. He just blindly believed what the word says. And he asked the pastor, Pastor, can you just pray for my shadow? I'm here to declare. If there is anybody who would say, God, use me. Your shadow will fall on sick people. They will be healed. Because that's what my Bible tells me. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm challenging some people here. This week, I'm challenging some people here to rise up, pray. Pray. Things are going to move. Things are going to change. Everything that was holding up for a long time, every Ahab that stood against you, every Jezebel that came against you, I declare in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. There's somebody here, you're, you're dealing with depression. And in Jesus' name, I come against that spirit. I come against that spirit in the name of Jesus right now. God, give them peace that only you can with the stuff that they're going through. With the stuff that they're dealing with. With relationship that is messed up. And I come against the spirit in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of Ahab and Jezebel, I command you to leave. Because your word says, set them free. Because the Son of Man appeared that they shall be free and live a life in freedom. I come against that spirit. The story of is the, the story of Elijah here, you know, it brings a refreshing thought into our life. That he's a man with a nature just like ours. But if God can use him, oh, God can use me as well. Can I tell you something? I am praying that this season, this week, you will stand some Ahabs in your life. Oh, Pastor, please don't pray. I already have a lot of problems, Pastor. Don't pray on that. But I pray. You know why? A Goliath had to come to reveal who David was. Ahab had to come to reveal the calling of Elijah. Baby, what you're going through today will reveal the greater potential of what God has put in you. Hallelujah. Are you going through challenging situations with you feel like it's pressing me. It's crushing me. But out of the pressing and crushing comes the new wine. And he brings out new out of the broken situations. 
Elijah, for a long time, the nation of Israel have been going through some real bad, messy stuff. But it is you, God has anointed. It is you, God has appointed. And it is you who stand and who will stand as a man of God in that generation. And I'm praying God will use each one of you. It doesn't matter how old you are. Mm, it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. He can use anybody. Listen. Man makes predictions, but a man of God prophesies. Let that thought sink in. Man makes predictions. Anybody can make a prediction. Oh, this is going to happen. This is how it's going to be. On Thursday, 5 o'clock, it might rain. Well, your prediction can go wrong. We've seen a lot of times when we have done activities for our church. Predictions can go wrong. We make a lot of predictions, right? We make predictions based on how things have been. We take the data. We look into the uh, data available. We look at, hey, you know what? This happened like two years ago. And it's the same year, the same temperature, same weather conditions. It might happen again. We take the data available and we would say, you know what? I'm going to predict this is how it's going to end up. My dad died when he was 36. So my dad's brother died when he was 36. My, my dad's sisters died when they were 36. You know, and so probably I'm not going to make it. I'm just have two more years to live. I'm going to die at 36. We make predictions based on the data available. I've come across a lot of people in that sense. We make predictions based on, but a man of God will not rely on the data available. He relies on the God of Israel. And he would say, no matter what data come against me, but I know one thing, if I have a good standing in God, and I, if I pray, I can shut the heavens down, and I can open the heavens. What I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What I open in earth will be open in heaven. And I declare in Jesus' name, some prayer warriors to arise in the Schmidt. If only a group of a bunch of people would say, you know what, God, give me a heart to pray. Let's make it simple today. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. Let's make it simple message today as we are winding up. Lord, give me a heart to pray. Give me a heart to pray. Whatever breaks all around us, it somehow discourages us. Only if you knew the good news that God has provided encourages your soul. This season, ask the Lord, give me a heart to pray. Give me a heart to pray. If you are that person, you say, Pastor, I want to spend some more time in prayer. We have some prayer worries in our church. I want to spend some time in prayer. Let me know. I want to make some appointments with you. We can spend that time in this building. We can spend that time in your house. Let's spend some time in intentional prayer. Or Wednesday night, let's gather together. Let's spend some time in, I believe God is in the verge of doing something crazy. And it will happen through us. Man makes predictions, but a man of God prophesied. What is prophesying? School of prophets, you know, when you look into, what is a prophet? Who is a prophet? Yes, it's an appointed given ministry by God in the New Testament age. and the Old Testament, we see that. It's a ministry given by God and there are people that God has appointed as prophets in this house. But there's one thing that I understand. 
in any given circumstances, you will rise up a prophet in your own house. And God gives you the word for that circumstances. When things go wrong, can I have the worship team behind me? Again, when things go wrong, when things go wrong, you don't just stand there, oh, all of this is happening in my life. I don't know how I'm going to make it. No, when things go wrong in your world, your words create the world around you. So as a prophet, as a man of God, use the word into existence. Oh, in the, New, in the Old Testament, we see in Genesis, the world was void and empty. God did not collect and gather his board meeting with this executive committee. Oh, Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, let's gather together and see the depression in the world. Let's see the problems in the world. Oh, he gathered them and to get, gathered them together. He said, let there be light. He said, let there be what I created it to be. In the world that is void and empty, life will be created when a man of God starts to prophesy. So let me ask you this question. What is that life's challenging situation that you are or your family is? You know somebody in your friend circle, your work or wherever, that they're dealing with something. When you prophesy, things will change in their life. Because it is not your words, it is the word of God. Of course, it is your mouth, but the word is God's. And you're saying, in God's name, I declare. In God's name, I declare. When you say things like that, what happens? God starts creating through you in their life. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. But God decided to use this man. Why? He knew who he was serving. He was serving God. Man makes predictions, but a man of God prophesies. I'm here to declare there are people that God has anointed in this time and age that you are a prophet of God in your community, in your place of influence, and God will use you. How many parents here that you are dreaming that God, my children will rise up to declare the good news of yours. My children will rise up to be a prophet, a prophetess in our nation. In the places of influence. And I pray God will take our children, our kids to levels that we have never thought. Influential places that we have never thought. But can I tell you, in all of those influential places where God is taking them and you and our family and our church, every place, God wants us to influence the darkness around us influence the void and the emptiness around us. In the midst of that, when you call out, things will happen. Things will change. Well, I'm going to ask a final question here. Final question here. I mean, if you would pray, God use me. God use me. God use me. Can you all rise up in God's house? God use me. I want to see you work through me in me and through me in the places around God used me God used me this is my prayer this is my prayer God used me listen y'all if they say if James said that Elijah was a man with an nature just like ours what am I missing here what am I missing in this portion what am I missing here I am praying. What am I missing here? Listen, there are two things. Elijah had an amazing faith. 
No matter what, he will never be deterred. He had an amazing faith. Two, Elijah listened really well to God. Two things. Elijah's faith kept him apart from everybody else. Number two, Elijah listened really well to God. God decided to come and show up, show himself up to Elijah. You will see the story. There was a storm, but God was not there. There was an earthquake. God wasn't there. There was a whisper. Elijah was tuned in to listen carefully to what God was instructing to him. Even in the midst of a whisper, he heard God. I love when we have a powerful, thunderous, loud uh, worship experience here. There are going to be moments when it's all quiet and silent. God will still talk to you. God will talk to you. Before He can do something through you, He often does, does something in you. Allow God to do something in you. Elijah, Elijah's prayer changed everything about Elijah. Or today I just spoke to you from just 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. I love the more I'm reading through this portion, it is encouraging me as a pastor. And I believe greater things are going to happen and God is going to do it to us. I'm going to encourage everybody. After you go back home, just read through 1 Kings chapter 17, 18 and 19. All of those portions. Let's dive in to study God's word together. This is the word that challenges, equips and builds us together.